This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Birthday, goodbye baseball! Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Mariners against the Angels for four over the weekend. Wasn't so great. Mariners dropped three of four and now start a set with the Houston Astros. That will certainly not be easy. The Astros, despite being banged up, uh, one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball. It's been quite a year for the Houston Astros so far. So they come in for four. Tough day at the yard yesterday. Got pretty ugly. Marco Gonzalez on the hill, a seven-run inning making the difference. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Uh, We're going to talk some minor league coming up in a couple minutes as well. We'll hear from Brian DeLunis. Very interesting stuff. Shannon Dreher had a chance to catch up with him. That comes up in just a couple of minutes. Also, today is the draft, so a huge day. We'll be talking draft the rest of the week as well as we talk about who the Mariners ended up selecting. So that will come up uh, the rest of this week. For right now, let's talk about yesterday. 13-3, to the final, a seven-run inning against Marco. Here is the stretch and the 1-0 pitch of the way. Swing and a fly ball deep to left field. Santana going back to the one. He tracked to the wall. Looks up. Goodbye baseball. Albert Pujols with a three-run home run here in the top of the second inning. His 11th home run of the year right into Edgar's cantina and the Angels have scored seven runs here in the second and lead it seven to nothing and that was the difference Mariners were going for the split in that ball game could not get it here was Marco after the ball game talking about that start um yeah I think it starts with being accountable um the way that I pitch is it's just unacceptable um you know, not giving my team a chance to win. Um, you know, exposing our bullpen too early in the game. You know, I think that there's a lot of things I need to work on. So, um, first and foremost, I need to take accountability for that. Uh, I need to help this team win. I need to be a guy that's dependable and reliable, and that hasn't been the case. So, um, be the first one to say that's uh, that's on me. Your manager said it's almost like they know what's coming. Do you sense any tipping off of pitches or anything like that? Could be. Um, you know, it's it's hard to stand here and make an excuse. I'm not going to be that guy. Um, so I'll take it upon myself to make the changes that I need to make to be effective in the ballgame. Is there anything that's felt particularly off for you these last couple of starts? Um, you name it. I think today um, the inability to just get ahead in the count, um, throw a sharp, sharp curveball, uh, finish guys late, 0-2. Um, it's just not there right now. So uh, it's just unacceptable. What was that command when you can't finish a guy off? Do you think just like the Christmas of the command? Or what, what, what do you think it is? 
Um, yeah, it's 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 a combination of a lot of things. It's it's lack of conviction, and uh, you know, mechanically, I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, I, I think more than anything, it's a mindset of you know being aggressive and going out there and shutting people down. Um, that's something that's been missing a part of my game. How, how do you get out of that rut to where it doesn't continue to snowball? Where you, that, that lack of conviction. <clears throat> That's a continuous um, effort by me to, to fix that. Um, I've never been a player to make excuses or not be accountable for what I do. And so, um, you know, for me, this is not a mountain that I can't climb. So um, I think getting back to work, I think when you're defeated and when, you're, when you get beat, the best way to get out of it is go back to work. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to put myself, hold myself accountable to that, to be able to want, be the one that's, going to turn it around when I need to turn it around. Michael, you've been through a lot in your career, you know, injuries, other stuff, but this little stretch here, how frustrating is it for you? I mean, we, I saw, we saw how angry you were in the dugout post-start or after you came out today. We don't usually, we know you're competitive, we don't see that side off. Yeah, I care. I care a lot to a fault. Um, I want this team to win. I don't care if we're, we're forfeiting um, our wins or not. I, I don't care. It's, it's a matter of we need to go out and beat people. And when that's not the case, when I don't, when the, and when that falls on me, of course I'm going to be upset. Of course I'm going to be emotional. Um, this is what we do for a living, and, and this is how we make our livelihood. But when it comes down to it, being a competitor is is comes first. Um, I have been through a lot, been through a lot of injuries, and um, fortunate to be where I am. So I'm thankful. I have a lot of perspective in that sense. But um, putting it all together and being competitive, giving us a chance to win, is is something that I need to be better at. Team kind of pulled together right now. Absolutely, that's what I'm. That's what I hope to start here. Um, I hope to create some accountability with this team, and um, you know, I'm not going to point any fingers besides towards myself. Um, I think it starts with the guys on the mound. I think it starts with the starting pitching. It hasn't been up to par. It hasn't been what we want it to be. And for us to go out and set the tone, um, I don't care how well we hit. If we're not going to pitch it or, or play play in the field, I, I think we're we're not going to do what we want to do. So um, that starts with me. I'll be the one to say that um, that I, I need to change. The, the Pujols home run. Were you trying to go down in the lane? Just kind of stayed up a little bit to it. Yeah, he's a great hitter. He hit a good pitch. That uh, that wasn't a mistake. It was, it was a good hitter. Tip my hat to that pitch. Pretty honest assessment there from Marco Gonzalez, who it's been a tale of two seasons so far. The great start, uh, a 280 RA through his first seven starts of the season. You know, 34 strikeouts in that time frame in 45 innings, just nine walks, three home runs over that course. But it has been a different story since, in particular, three of the past four starts. You know, yesterday, 10 earned runs. The start before that, six earned runs in four innings against Texas. You had the five earned against Minnesota in five innings uh, four starts ago. So it has been a rocky road at ERA near 10 his last four starts combined. So not the Marco Gonzalez we're used to seeing as uh, we hear from the him after the ball game. How about Scott Service? What did he say after the game yesterday? Yeah, it has, um, you know, just, uh, again, uh, command uh, of his pitches. You know, we've seen him uh, walk a few more guys and, and struggle to put guys away uh, when he does get ahead in the count, and it's certainly kind of what we saw today. So, uh, you know, the, the big inning, uh, they're in the second inning, you know, uh, some defensive plays, some, some things uh, that we didn't really 
uh, make good decisions on ends up turning into a, a big inning again. And we've seen that. We've played this game a few times this year. Um, about had enough of it, quite frankly. Um, so uh, we will switch up things a little bit tomorrow. Uh, we're going to run an opener out there. Uh, and Wade LeBlanc will pitch after that. Um, you know, we're uh, just where we're at trying to um, create a situation. We're getting a little bit more out of our guys in the right spots, and we'll give it a shot. What will that do for Wade, or what do you hope that no, does Wade will for? come in and pitch, and he'll throw his pitches after that, and, and we'll go from there. So, um, you know, we'll continue to, to mix it up here a little bit. Scott, you remain patient through some of the, the bad play and the non-competitive games, but it, it feels like you're kind of reaching a tipping point here. Um, yeah, you know, when we don't throw strikes and you don't play defense, you don't make plays, I mean, that's, that's uh, it's hard to watch. And, you know, you'll have ups and downs with the bat, you know, and, and uh, but you got to make the plays, you got to throw strikes, and when that doesn't happen, it's bad baseball is what it is. And uh, I know we're young uh, in some spots, we're inexperienced in some other spots, but, um, you know, you got to continue to do the right things, and it's about throwing it over the plate and then catching the ball. It's going to be the opener. Uh, I'm not quite sure right now. Um, he knows who it is, but uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know tomorrow. And uh, again, uh, just trying to get the most out of uh, the pieces that we have um, you know, and go from there. Scott, Marco healthy I mean, as far as you know? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, and certainly, the uh, again, I, I've talked about it to nausea, just the crispness of his pitches and the finish. It's almost like at times you think they know what's coming. Uh, you know, just something else we need to look at. But uh, just hasn't been the same here the last, you know, four or five outings. But you see, I mean, he pitches to contact a lot, and when the defense isn't there behind him, that, that kind of extra burden on a guy like that. Is it does. It does add to the, to the pitch count, you know, in situation at second, third, where we're staying back playing for an out, and, you know, Dylan doesn't make a great decision shortstop, and now it turns into a bigger inning. Um, you know, we don't you know, base it to center field. We turn into a double. Uh, you lose the double play. Um, so there, there are different plays like that that may not show up as errors or whatever, but they affect they affect things. But you know, ultimately, it's it's a team game. You got to pick each other up. Uh, when somebody does make a mistake, mistakes are going to happen. Certainly understand that as part of the game. But you got to get back on it and, and pick each other up. Positive from Seager there. Yeah, you know, Kyle, uh, you know, uh, drove the ball. Pretty good today. Had a home run, double down the line. Um, you know, good to see again. He's still kind of getting into uh, playing shape every day, and um, you know, so that was about the only positive I come up with. Didn't do a lot offensively again today. So really tough day for the Mariners yesterday, and a string of tough days. They lose three of four to the Angels. Now we'll take on the Houston Astros. The other big news from over the weekend, well. Some personal history for Jay Bruce. Gags, fastball swung on, set to center field. Trap given ground. Going back on the track in front of the 401. It's gone! It's gone! Jay Bruce with career blast number 300. Good for Jay Bruce. He ties Hall of Famer Chuck Klein at number at 147 all time. Congratulations to Jay Bruce. So Jay Bruce, number 300, and as it turns out, that would be his final game in a Mariners uniform. He gets traded, uh, officially goes down yesterday, so he's off to Philadelphia. Here's what Bruce said to the media before he took off. You're still here at the moment, but uh, obviously you're packing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's part of it. It's part of it. Um, I figured this would be the situation. You know, you never really know when... Uh, <laughs> You never really know when, uh, when 
that's going to happen, though. But, um, you know, it's bittersweet. I really like the guys over here, the group of guys. Um, you know, they're, got to know some of them, had great relationships, and it's uh, part of the business, though, you know. So, uh, you know, get to go somewhere where I get a chance to win, and, and you know, my point in my career, uh, that's par- pretty paramount for me. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, this will be trade number four, team number, or trade number, trade number four, team number five. So it's, uh, you know, kind of, it's, uh, it gets easier every time. Well, there it is. He, he said more, but it's kind of hard to hear it all with the, the music in the background as his teammates give him the send off. So Jay Bruce traded to Philadelphia. Braden Bishop called up taking his spot on the roster. So the M's taking on the Astros, the first of four starting tonight, as you heard there. An opener tonight, then LeBlanc will take over. 7-10 first pitch. Corbin Martin will after that. 7-10 on Tuesday, same with Wednesday. Leak against Peacock. Miley will go for Houston on Tuesday. And then Thursday, day baseball, 12-40. Malone taking on Verlander, game four of that series, before the road trip to follow. So... Some big things happening in the minor leagues over the weekend as well. So let's take a look at the minor league report with Kelnick and Fraley. This week on the minor league report, we take a look at a couple of players that made big news this week. And we start with Jared Kelnick. The 1-1 pitch. Ripped in the air to left center field, racing over forward. Is Eddie is not going to get there. Rolls all the way to the wall. Scoring from third easily is Ryan Ogren. Kelnick racing through second. He is in there. It's an RBI double and a three-hit game for Jared Kelnick. I'm definitely a competitor, to say the least. On the field, I'm somebody that doesn't say much, doesn't smile a lot. Um, but, you know, I just go out there, and it's because I have a job to do, and I take it seriously because, I mean, I'm out here to, you know, produce and help my team win games, and I feel that if I'm messing around stuff like that, I just feel like I'm, I'm not being professional. I'm not where I want to be, and I don't look at it as a bad thing either. Um, at the same time, uh, off the field, I'm the complete opposite. I mean, I like to mess around. I love to have a good time. I laugh. I smile. Um, it's just a completely different. And I think the most important thing is being able to separate your game from your real life because they're two different things and if you if you pull in a bad game into your life it's just not it's not healthy Kelnick bashed pitching at West Virginia in 50 games hit 309 a 394 on base percentage slugged 586 11 homers 14 doubles for Kelnick and after being moved up to Modesto homered in his very first game in a nuts uniform Here's Jerry DePoto on the most recent wheelhouse talking about Kelnick and his season. At 19 years old, to be doing what he's doing, he's one of the, I think, one of the 15 or 18 youngest players in active leagues right now in, in pro baseball. And what he's doing is it's not unprecedented. Others have done it. But the if I name the others... <laughs> I would be setting a, the bar is extremely high based on what he's doing. He's he's OPSing about 950 or thereabouts, it, it hitting in the neighborhood of 315, 320 on and off uh, in a fast league for a 19-year-old. And it's what he's doing is is gaining notice not just in our system, but I think among national you know prospect 
pollsters, so to speak. And whatever the, the general thought was when he came into professional baseball by third parties was that it was a effectively average-ish power. There's, the power is significantly better than average, and, and he can hit. He hits the ball hard. He has lift in his swing. He identifies pitches incredibly well. And, and again, for him to be doing what he's doing at 19, he plays center field. He runs above average. He throws above average. He, he's an above-average bat with a great strike zone awareness and high-end power upside. That, that adds up to, to something very unique. And you know, he, he hits all the toolboxes, and he's a super intense player. And right now he's, he's making a statement in a, in a league that, frankly, should have been more of an adjustment for him than it has been at his age. And so far, so good for Kellnick and Modesto. A nice night last night, a couple of hits. Also having a big week at Arkansas, Jake Fraley. Garabito brings a pitch, and Fraley lines it to left along the line. A fair ball, and down into the corner. Walton scores. White is headed for the plate. He scores. It's another double for Fraley. Jake Fraley, two doubles today. One down the right field line, one down the left field line. And it really hasn't been just a big week. It has been a big year. Batting 332 on the season. A 404 on base percentage, slugging 563. How about nine home runs and 13 doubles? Here's Fraley at spring training. Preparing wise was definitely going to LSU. Um, you know, when you go to a big time college like that, um, I mean, honestly, college in general, um, before coming to Pro Bowl, and obviously this is a biased decision of mine because I did go to college. Um, you know, someone that went out of high school would obviously, you know, have a different opinion. But for me, it allowed me to understand, kind of have a feel for, you know, what goes on a clubhouse, what goes on as far as, you know, um, fighting for a spot, competing, because, I mean, I mean, you talk to every guy in here in professional baseball um, and obviously the Mariners organization. And I mean, everybody that's here is because they were the best at where they were. You know what I mean? So when you get to Pro Bowl, it kind of flips around and you got to, you know, start fighting your way back up to the top again. So for me, it was just understanding, you know, having a feel for that, understanding, you know, what I need to do from a mental standpoint of you know, understanding I need to compete for a job every single day. There it is. This week's minor league report featuring Jared Kelnick and Jake Fraley. And Shannon Dreyer, really interesting conversation with Brian DeLunis. Shannon Dreyer catching up with Brian DeLunis in the dugout and so much to talk to you about, as always, because pitching is just so interesting and the way the Mariners are handling it even more so. But, Brian, first thing, when the team gets back, we see you right away. What are the things that you check in on? Yeah, really, it's just kind of going over kind of a, a covering where everybody is. and. You know, the guys will go out on the road for, for 10 days, 9 days, 11 days. and uh, You know, a lot can happen in that time. And, um, you know, some guys get as many as three, four appearances in that time. So just kind of checking in on where guys are. Anything that I've seen from a, you know, from a movement standpoint, anything I've seen from a, uh, you know, track man standpoint, data standpoint. Uh, a lot of feedback. Jimmy and, and Paul and I talk probably every other day while they're on the road, every day checking in with text messages. So, um, yeah, whenever they get back in, especially from the player standpoint, you know, a lot of times I might bring them in, and, and it's something that Jim and Paul and I have talked about, and then I'll be able to show them something on video or numbers-wise. A lot of them want to look at their pitching portal numbers. So 
Um, that that's really it. It's just it's just kind of touching base and kind of checking in with them. This last road trip, hilarious. All of a sudden, whoa, four new relievers. Yeah, no, and that was the the interesting <laughs> thing is that most of those guys came in when when I was you know here and the, the team was on the road. So uh, that part's a little bit interesting. Is is obviously when guys show up and, and they show up on the road and I'm not there. Um, you know, we, we we certainly usually touch base, make a phone call, a text message, something like that. Uh, in really good hands with Jim and Paul still, and then I usually get to know them. It's it's you know the, the team came back this time and I got to know like three three new guys that I hadn't seen before especially uh, Jesse and uh, and Mr. Bass so um, yeah no it's, it, it is interesting and a little bit of a revolving door out there but uh, it's been cool to, to work with all these guys yeah we're seeing results too which is so as I said the pitching is interesting and the way you guys are attacking it and uh, right now you'll see Bass and Biddle and and Adams guys we hardly know all yeah. of a sudden games entrusted to them and they're putting up some zeros so so far, so good yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about, we've uh, seen some social media posts. Uh, every now and then a young pitching prospect <laughs> will be here when yeah. we're not. What are you doing with them? Yeah, yeah. So so it's been really cool this year is, is we've been able to, with, with me staying in Seattle, uh, we've been able to, to bring some young guys up into Seattle to get some uh, dr- uh, to, uh, some some biomechanical feedback, and essentially they go through a marker system. They fill a bullpen, um, you know, run the analysis on them, and we get that information. And uh, it helps us really. It helps us from a, from a weight room standpoint. It helps us from a volume standpoint. From a stress in the arm standpoint, it, it certainly helps us from an off-season programming. And you know, I always tell guys from from when we talk about BMAs or biomechanical analysis. It's kind of similar to getting on a scale. When you first get on a scale, that number's not really relative to anything. It's only relative to, to the next time you get on that scale and, and then the next time you get on that scale. And that tells you if what you've been doing is right or wrong or good or bad or, or if you can improve in any areas. That, to, to us, is kind of what the, the motion capture does. Is it allows us to bring them back, get them on motion capture probably in August. Uh, the plan would be again to get more motion capture in the future. I, look, ideally, we would like to get every one of our guys on this. It's, I think it's just probably going to be very in the future. It's going to be very uh, similar to getting TrackMan data, where you're going to have motion capture, uh, you know, biomechanical analysis on every single guy you have. So we, we've needed to start that process. This is the easiest way to do it: is to, to bring guys up here for the time being. Uh, but I think in the future we'll have a scenario, uh, possibly in Peoria or somewhere else, where we can just collect that data all together. What does motion capture look like? Yeah, so it's, it's essentially um, it, the, the, the results of it looks like a CVS, uh, CSV file where it's just a, you know, a ton of data. Right. Uh, but, you know, we have a really good guy on hand. We're working with a really good group uh, to, to process the information. And, again, to us, it kind of shows us, uh, you know, whether it's uh, elbow flexion speed or uh, elbow extension speed, uh, you know, angular velocity, all, all those kind of things. Um, you know, certainly... Uh, stress levels, uh, varus stress, valgus stress in the arm. Um, it, it just it just really allows us to take a much better look than what we would get on video. And we, on top of that, we have sent, sent guys out uh, with these, these same prospects. We have sent guys out to get uh, high-speed video with, like, the Edutronic cameras, a eh, 1,000 frames a second, 1,500 frames a second. So we've gone out and gotten really good video, but we also want to get the uh, – the, the best data we can actually get. Wanted to talk to you a little bit about, we, we've touched base with him a couple of times, but Logan Gilbert, he, you said he's, he's going to be moving up pretty soon, and sure enough, he did. Yep. His progression so far this season, you've got to be pleased with it. What have you seen? Yeah, really pleased. And again, like some of that management of, of his development cycle is, 
you know, to make sure that he's not out there just facing guys and overpowering them. And, and, and you know, certainly we understand the talent level that's there. Uh, but we as, as kind of the adults in the room, so to speak, you do have to make decisions in, in terms of, you know, is he, and when you look at the numbers, is he just blasting balls by guys and, and you know, guy gets into a 2-0 count. What kind of pitch does he have to throw, or can he just throw by a, a ball passing? You know, can he rear back and throw the fastball, which not always going to happen at the major league level. So, staying on top of that, Logan's been awesome. He really good worker. Um, you know, he, he does use the data. He's into the information. He likes to, to get the feedback and in, in, you know in that area and, and try to make adjustments. But I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he's on a really good path. Uh, I, I honestly think he could probably. From a talent-wise, he'd be ready to, to probably go up and pitch in, in Arkansas and be just fine there. Uh, it would be a significant challenge for him right now, just a bump in in, in level. But uh, he's doing really well, and, and for the time being, I think he's in a great place in Modesto. Well, it's going to be fun to watch, Logan, no question about it. What is the process in getting Justice Sheffield to where he needs to be? And, I mean, we all we're seeing are the box scores and the numbers. What yeah. are you seeing, and how do you get him to where he needs to be? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's ever uh, a conversation about stuff with, with Justice. I, you know, he's really good stuff, really good, uh, you know, good fastball, good, good off-speed stuff. Um, you know, the guy's a pitcher. And so for us, it's really more about the, the other stuff, the intangibles, the, the controlling the mindset, um, controlling the breath controlling tempo it, we certainly saw some some starts early in the year where he's very animated uh you know jumping and animation and pointing and stuff and, and we certainly don't mind the you know the fist pumps and those kind of things and you know we're not the emotion police by any means <laughs> but it's more of like when we do think it starts to come in and affect his performance uh that's when we step in and so we've really kind of been working it you know andy's done a great job andy mckay and he kind of comes from that background of working on the middle skill side um Andy's done a great job with him. I think Paint's really done a great job down in Tacoma. And, and again, it's really for, for justice. I don't know that he's ever really going to just get hit out of a game. You know, I, I don't know that he's ever teams are going to string together seven, eight, nine hits and just blast them out of a game. I, the biggest thing is get, keeping it in the zone, controlling the zone, throwing first pitch strikes, throwing the first punch, uh, you know, getting a one-two, those kind of things. And to do that a lot of times, He's got to really control his emotions, control his breath, and and I think when when you know I think Justice the the last month has really been an, an experiment in becoming a big league pitcher. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly what we can't see by yeah. looking at how yeah. many walks and how many strikeouts. Yeah. And how many yeah, and I don't think you know again you look at the I don't know that we're always for me right now and, and I think for for our GM Jerry Depoto Andy McKay I don't think we're looking at the box score line and saying okay you know six walks or, or four six innings and four walks or. That kind of thing. I think we're looking at it more in terms of watching his emotions, watching how he handles it, watching how he, you know, is he getting ahead of in counts? Um, you know, because, again, I think at the end of the day, if he can get ahead of counts, throw the first strike, uh, control his emotions, I think he's going to be really good here in Seattle pretty soon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.